0: So, uh, as as Sean invited me to, to share with you guys a little bit, I thought it would be good for us to to look at Psalm sixty seven uh, as it's an encouragement for our our time of prayer tonight, as it itself is a prayer for for God's work among the nations. Uh, and I'm, also, we're just very excited to be with you guys. It's such a joy to worship God together with with people who are excited for his glory and and just a blessing to be with you. But if you could open with me to to Psalm 67 and we'll go ahead and, and read it together. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And so the, f- the first thing that I think we can, we can notice tonight is that, this is David crying out for the Lord to act. That is a prayer of his. May God, all the rest, uh, let the peoples, let the peoples. It's it's David asking God to work um, on on God's people's behalf. And so as we as we enter into a time of prayer later, we are we're entering into the same kind of act that David is here. And we see then the very next words: "Be gracious to us." So it's rooted in. Uh, the mercies of God, everything he asks for from here on out that we're going to look at, we know that it's him asking and it's foundationally rooted in the mercies of God that He is asking for these things from the Lord. And so what I think is probably the the most pivotal portion of this short psalm is in verses 1 and 2. So we're going to spend most of our time looking in verses 1 and 2. So let's read that one more time. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. And I think there's there's a part to David's request here in verse 1 that can make us uncomfortable. Uh, he asked God to bless us, bless his people. And I don't know about you, but sometimes... I feel awkward asking God to do good things for me. It feels like I'm asking too much. Uh, And I think as we want to come with a heart that's requesting from God to do work among his people, we need to remember that God is for us. God loves us. As it says in Romans 8, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. Uh, There's this incompatibility in Paul's mind between a God who would give his son to save people and a God who would do that and not be willing to give every good thing that we, we need. And so I think as we look at this psalm and the prayerful heart that is asking of God, we need to remember that God has already proven his unending faithful love to us in the giving of his son. So we can ask with expectation that he really does want to bless us and that we don't need to shy away from asking of him. Uh, But then on the other side, we want to sort of tamper our uh, overzealous, perhaps, at times, requests of God where, where we might get consumed with the blessing and forget the motivation that we see here in David's prayer. So if you think about the way that the world might finish David's sentence, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that, and there's a lot of things that someone might insert there. I wrote down a few, but I'm sure there's lots of others Like that we can have whatever we want. Like that happens sometimes. I just really want Uh, To not be sick or I just really want my kid to go to sleep Like there's lots of things that I might ask God for selfishly Or that we can be happy that that no one would be in need There's even noble goals that that God would bless us so that we would Have reason to rejoice in God like there's there's great reasons that we might ask along the lines of what David prays here But lots of times my heart forgets and I think our culture tempts us to forget The motivation that we see here. We want to be blessed that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. The reality that God's blessing leads to the spread of his fame and to more people worshiping him is foundational to God's story. So I want to back up for just a second and like explain perhaps where David was thinking through as he got to this point in expressing his heart. It didn't come out of nowhere, but if we look back to even the very beginning in Genesis 1 you can see that uh, that when God is making man he talks about making them in his image and gives them the command to be fruitful multiply and fill the whole earth and so we see that God's heart has has always been that there would be people glorifying him all over the earth great it's a nice flower uh, and then even more directly related to this passage is probably in Genesis 12, which it sounds like you guys might have looked at recently. But Genesis 12, 1 through 3, where you see that God makes this covenant with Abraham, where he's going to bless him so that he can be a blessing to all of the nations, all the families of the earth. And so David is not inventing something new here. He's simply aligning his prayer with God's heart for what he wants to do. His plan has always been to fill the earth with people who bring him glory and to do that through blessing his chosen people, which, as you know, we're now all a part of Abraham's family by faith. And so we're a part of this this ongoing blessing of God to bring his name and fame to the ends of the earth. Uh, and another way that I can end up personally ruining the heart that David has here that, that perhaps some of you can relate to is just being prideful about the way that I look at god 's blessings where i I forget the relationship that God and I have in uh, his benevolence in the fact that he is worth everything, and I can end up thinking i 'm worth too much, and I can end up separating Christ and his benefits. Mm-hmm. So I think this is another thing where our culture or even our Christian culture sometimes can portray it as I am here and I have a a legal standing problem with God where I've accrued too much debt and then I need Christ over there. He went and he died a long time ago and he resurrected a long time ago and he paid this debt of mine and now he's raised and one day I'll go be with him. But in Scripture, the way that... uh, Paul always talks about it as we've died in Christ. Like there's no separation. It's not that he was over there doing an act and I was over here. It's that together we died, we resurrected, and and we rose. And so uh, when I lose sight of that link between Christ and the benefits of the gospel, I'll end up with a heart of pride expecting God to benefit me without that connection. So I think that's something that at least helps me and I think helps us to pray as David prayed here to remember the unification of us in Christ being the source of our blessing. Uh, As it says in Ephesians 1, um, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we receive all these blessings that we share to the ends of the earth through what Christ has done and you being united with him. And so uh, just in in summary, what, what we can get out of this psalm We can see God's heart being prayed through David that his people would be blessed so that his glory could go to the ends of the earth and all people, all people would praise him. And we can pray for God's blessing, remembering that he loves us. He's our heavenly father who's proven that he loves us and wants to bless us. We can humbly pray for God's heart, which is that the whole earth would be filled with his glory. And we can even pray expectantly knowing that he's going to do it because we see in Revelation 5 and 7 that there are people from every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping the Lord. And it says in Habakkuk 2.14 that uh, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's going to be everywhere. We know that God is going to do this. So as we pray tonight, we can pray expectantly knowing that God is going to cover the earth in His glory. What you to tell us? Yeah, yeah. So if that's all right, I can... Or if there's a better way, we can do it later. Um, and you, and you, and actually, yeah, let's, let's sing a song and then you can... Okay. So there's like a typo of the sheets, but rather than reprint the trees, and I think like for the trees. So um, from the depths of the sea, from the heights of the heaven. Let me grab one. got quick little cards here that kind of summarize the main points so you can see a little bit as we're going through this, but um, <laughs> it's all Mandy. It's all Mandy. She's, she does all the good stuff. Hi, Mandy. <laughs> <That's very pictorial. laughs> so the, the short version is that the, the Isan people are 22 million people in northeastern Thailand. Uh, it's over 90, 98% Buddhist and less than like 0.2% evangelical Christians. That's like one or two people in a thousand. And there's large regions where there aren't any known believers. So like the area that we are going to is, is the southern part of Nekampanam province. And it's, it's like 300,000 people where there aren't any known Christians or any churches or anything like that. And so, uh, how did we end up involved in this? Uh, I got to share those guys just a tiny bit. But uh, basically, uh, we, were, we were doing life in Charleston, South Carolina, part of a sovereign race church there for a little while. And we had felt God stirring our hearts to something more, but weren't really sure what that was uh, for quite some time. And we're earnestly asking him what it was. And then one day, uh, the Wendell Myers, which I think you guys are all familiar with, came to visit us, and uh, the, on Saturday night, we went over to Mike, our pastor's house, and had uh, had a time of prayer, and we left that time, we like, wow, they're doing something really great, we will definitely pray for them, and encourage them, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sunday morning rolls around, and Fred is on stage preaching, Mandy is, is out, uh, she's not able to hear him, because she's uh, hanging out with the baby we had before this one and um but fred's preaching and i'm sitting there and and he's describing the 1040 window and the billions of people who have little to no opportunity to ever hear about how awesome god is and it it was uh just the voice in the lord saying you have to go be a part of solving this problem uh so i was like oh okay i guess you know i got to go home and tell manny we're we're moving somewhere way over there in that big box, and uh, Mandy is not by nature an adventurous person. I mean, she was she she was like a, a grilled or sorry, like a fried chicken fingers, a grilled cheese sandwich kind of person when we met, and uh, had never left the country. You know, so not not like a big uh, let's go on an adventure on the other side of the world type person, but. But as she was going home, we were going to have the Wendelmeyers and a few families over for lunch. And she was driving and uh, she starts thinking about lunch and the Wendell Myers, And then all of a sudden she just says out loud, I guess I'm moving to Thailand. And was kind of a shock to her. And so she started sort of asking God what was going on and, and felt like he confirmed like, oh, that was me telling you you're going to Thailand. And so when, when everyone left at the end of lunch... Uh, we looked at each other. She she said, I think we need to go to Thailand. I said, okay, we're we're definitely going to go to Thailand. <laughs> God, God has spoken. Uh, he's the king. We're going to start start marching. And so that was kind of how we got um, drawn into this, and that was early March of 2015. So it's been a little while, and it was a little bit of a process of first to figure out what that looked like, um, to sort out going with the organization pioneers that, that we're going with to sort out what the team looks like, and and eventually, in November of the following year, we went on a survey trip to spend a couple weeks in, in Thailand and in Isan, and it was really eye-opening. It knit our hearts even more to the people and to the mission and to just recognize very clearly that while God absolutely deserves the worship of those people, he's not receiving it, and it's, um, it's very sad. That he is not getting the worship due his name, and uh, it's just—it's very prevalent that the type of idolatry that you don't see as much of here is just everywhere there. I mean, there's spirit houses on every corner. There's temples with golden images, like like a church in the south. I know it's different up here, but back you know in Charleston, where we're from, there's there's a church on every corner. It's like that there too. It's just a there's a Buddhist temple on every corner, and. um, You know, Psalm 135 comes to mind. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. And our hearts break for the people over there. There was one time as we prayer walked through the city that we think we'll be living in for, for a while. And we went to the temple to kind of see what it, what it was like. And as you, you enter into the temple space, there's this little stand off to the left. And they've got things you can purchase to make offerings with. And one of them is like kind of little woven flowers and stuff. And so you'll watch people go, they'll buy the flower. And they'll go over to the temple area and they'll, they'll do some, some prayers and some, some... I'm not quite sure what they're doing yet. We're still trying to understand more. And then they'll offer the flower. Uh, and they'll, they'll go. And then a few minutes later, one of the monks will come by and scoop up all the flowers. No and he'll take them right back to the place where they sell them. No and seeing that just immediately came to mind in, in Hebrews 10, where it talks about how uh, the priest had to make sacrifice every every year, and it never was enough. It was never going to finish the work until Christ came, and he finished it, and it was done, and there was no more to be done. And to just recognize that the people there don't have that hope. There is no version of their lives apart from God bringing Christ to them where they'll be done with their merit making. They'll have to come over and over, offer the same flower over and over, make the same uh, merit over and over, and there's never assurance. And so we, we long for God to receive the worship that he's due and for the people there to have light because it's, it's a dark place. Uh, and you know, we have we have many stories that we'd love to share with you about about experiencing some of the darkness there, and um, it was very pal- palpable to us even in the short time we were there. And we were encouraged by the fact that God had many people praying for us. Some folks sent us texts at just the moment that that Satan was attacking, and and just to, just to encourage you that as you pray for the Wendemayers, as you might pray for us, it's 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 working. God is is listening to the cries of His people and answering. And so please. Um, fight that fight for the folks overseas that are that are in some some tough places and so um, just real quick what are we um trying to do <laughs> so right so it's a big need hundreds of thousands of people with no no believers so our goal is an indigenous church planting movement so what we want is to uh to enter the space pray earnestly and wait for god to bring about people that he's drawing to himself uh people that that receive um, faith and believe, and then to work with those people to disciple them, to encourage them to build whatever network they already have, family or work relationships, whatever it is, and to start walking through Scripture together until eventually they build a church. And then uh, we want to equip them with the types of practices and the, and the, the DNA, the culture of a of people who want to replicate so that their church would replicate and those churches would replicate until we have a movement of house churches that can then spread throughout the area. And so for us, that looks like going with two other families, the the Winamars who you know and the Snyders who you might not know who are from the Atlanta, Georgia area. So our three families will first spend a little bit of time in Chiang Mai uh, learning the language, learning the Thai language. Isan has its own language, which is another hurdle we'll cross eventually. But... But we'll, we'll learn Thai first, and then after a year or two, we'll head out to uh, southern Nakampanam, which is on the very far um, eastern and right up against the border with Laos of Thailand. And we'll, we'll probably live in a city called Thaphanam, which is like the, the hub of the region. And we'll live there for a few years trying to build, uh, build relationships, understand the culture, be able to describe the gospel in a culturally authentic way until God you know, raises up uh, his church and so we, we hope to leave uh, at the end of the year, December, maybe through February, somewhere in there. Our lease ends in December, and we're, we're hoping we won't have to sign another one. Uh, and so I'm, I'm still working right now as a software engineer, but we'll hopefully be able to stop that soon. And uh, some things that have to line up for us to go, we still need more financial support to be able to go. Uh, God has blessed us immensely. We have everything we need in terms of deploying one-time but monthly committed partnership as we plan to be there for at least 10 years so you can't raise it all up front um, and so yeah we, we still need that and once we have sufficient uh, financial partnership lined up then we'll uh, get approval from pioneers our organization then we can buy a plane ticket and once we have the plane ticket then we can fill out the visa paperwork and try to get the visa set up and then we can go so those are kind of the steps between here and leaving but lord willing we'll head out at the end of the year very exciting. Uh, maybe we could do this. Uh, maybe we could pray. Let's pray first. Uh, and then maybe at the end, maybe.